Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Amen. All right, I'm going to start with the scripture today. It comes out of John 14, uh, verses 16 and 17. Jesus tells us this incredible truth, and this is what he says. He says, I will ask the Father to send you another helper, the Spirit of truth, who will remain constantly with you. He will remain constantly with you. The world does not recognize the Spirit of truth, and the Spirit of truth is, of course, uh, the Holy Spirit, okay? The, the world does not recognize the Spirit of truth because it does not know the Spirit, and it is unable to receive him. But you do know him. Now, he's, he's speaking, of course, to believers. But you do know the Spirit because he lives with you, and he will dwell in you. So today, what I want to do is I want to talk about the presence of God. I want to talk uh, about the Holy Spirit who lives in you and dwells in you. And, you know, we're between teaching series right now, and so I just get to talk about whatever I want. And, you know, I want to talk about the Spirit. I don't know if you're, if you're down with that, but that's what I want to do. And, you know, last week I, I taught out of the story of Joshua and you may remember the story whenever he, he's about to, he's into encouraging Joshua to enter into the promised land. And he says, I want you to be strong and, and what does he say after that? Be strong and courageous. courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So from the very beginning of the scriptures, we see this storyline start to present itself where we have a God who is with us. And there's, in the Old Testament, it's called God's presence. They, they reference it a lot as God with us. And then Jesus gets here, and he kind of gives a little more definition to what this withness is all about. And he describes it as the spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit. And so every day as followers of Jesus, we have this amazing truth. The God of the universe is with you. And his presence and his spirit not only goes with you wherever you go, but it, it resides in you and God is with us more than we ever realize. I don't know if you ever think about that. Like, man, I just don't think about the fact that God is with me enough. Um, you know, we're experiencing all sorts of miracles right now in this moment. You realize that, right? Like, us sitting here in this room is a miracle. And some of you are like, tell me, I know. I never thought I'd be here, but it's, a, it's the simple fact that we're sitting still right now is, is kind of mind-blowing. I'm sure you are all aware of this, but daily the earth is spinning around its axis at 1,000 miles per hour. We're also spinning through space, orbiting our sun at 67,000 miles per hour. So the speed at which we are moving right now is kind of mind-blowing, is it not? It's kind of weird that I get sick on teacups because I should be used to all this spinning. Um, but the reality of that, and the fact that we're also flying through space, um, not only a thousand miles an hour on the axis and all this kind of stuff, I mean, that's a miracle that somehow we sit still at this moment. And oh, by the way, we're kind of flying through this universe, by the way, at 1.6 million miles a day. So my watch says I walked 8,000 steps, but I know the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what I'm really doing each day. So over time, I believe when I, why I even bring something up silly like that is, I believe over time our vision gets, and maybe not even over time, I think we can, we can become clouded with a limited understanding of how much God is with us. 
the fact that he holds this universe together and which, by the way, science nor evolution or things like that can explain how that happens, but yet there is a God who holds everything together that somehow lets us sit still in the midst of a really, really fast pace that he has set the world in motion in. And I want to be aware of that kind of presence. I want to be aware of his presence that's with me. I want to feel the weight of his presence. And I don't know if, if you even think about that. I'm sure you do. But when I say God's presence, of course, I'm speaking about his Holy Spirit. And, and, I, and I just want to acknowledge today that I, I believe that in the room, we always have people that if I said, you know, what are you, we're talking about God's presence, there's, a, there's kind of a spectrum of belief around what that looks like. And some of you may be skeptical. Some of you may be all in, maybe somewhere in between, and you have a lot of questions. And I just say, wherever you're at on your journey, I'm glad you're here. And, and if you're one of those that's maybe a little skeptical of this whole uh, God thing, I, I'm really glad you're here. And, and I want to just say to you, like, I, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful today is helpful in your in your journey in life because that's what we're all doing. We're journeying. We're trying to discover. We're trying to find out answers in life. And, and I hope that this is one of those days that as we talk about his presence, that you would say, okay, like, this is, this is helpful because if I'm, if, if I'm willing to, to step in and, and try and discover more, maybe, maybe I'll actually actually we'll find out more. And so today, today, I don't know if that's where you're at, but I, I remember, you know, in my own journey, I became a Christ follower in, in, in ninth grade. I was a ninth grader and, uh, and I had all sorts of new questions. But one of the things I will acknowledge is that I had a slow start to my following Jesus. I don't know if anybody had that experience where you're like, yeah, it's yes, Jesus, but you're not really ready to, you know, walk away from the world. And and so I had a slow start to following Jesus, and it wasn't until my college years when I got really more uh, serious about my faith and did a deep dive into my faith and started doing ministry, and now here I am 20 years later, um, that, that, that God really started to move in my life, but it was a number of years after I gave my life to Christ. And I underst- I, what, I, what I understood, though, really, even after that, I gave my life to Jesus, and then a few years later, I got serious about my faith in Jesus. Um, along my journey with Jesus about eight or nine years ago, I realized something. I realized that God's presence may be the most ignored thing in my life. I mean, I love Jesus. I had surrendered my life to him in ministry. But his presence, his spirit, by and large, was not something I knew much about. I didn't talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. Sort of a weird subject matter. I, I believed in the Holy Spirit. I believed he was present. I believed in these truths like God is with me, but I didn't know a lot about it. And, and I don't know if any of you relate to me, but for me, I understood God through no, attaining more knowledge, intellectual knowledge about God. And so I studied about God. I tried to learn more about him. I tried to understand God through other things like church practice, which would be gatherings like this or listening to popular worship songs, right? Like that was the way I related to the Lord or, or perhaps even, you know, getting together with other Christians in a practice called small groups. Like my whole Christian experience was about learning more about God, doing more church practices. But the idea of the Holy Spirit being this this really powerful kind of withness kind of reality about my life, I understood and I kind of started to realize that maybe perhaps God's presence may be the most ignored thing in my life. And when I say ignored, I don't mean I intentionally ignored it. And I don't believe that maybe some of us in this room are intentionally ignored it. But the word ignored, the, the root of that is actually the word ignorance. And ignorance is a, is a way of saying I'm unaware. 
Uh, it's probably an, uh, the best way to explain it. I'm, I was unaware of his presence. I was somewhat ignorant of the Holy Spirit. And so I ignored the deeper things beyond the surface level of experiences of church practice. So I'm telling you my story because I believe this is the story of many people in faith when it comes to God's presence. Ignorance can be innocent. Sometimes you don't know what you, you just don't know what you don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but ignorance can also be a result of being lazy. I have chose to remain ignorant on how to cook, just so you know. Like I, I just don't want to learn how, so I don't. And so I stay ignorant. I know how to do a grilled cheese, and that, that can sustain me if I need to. If Christy dies before me, I will have a steady diet of grilled cheese or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to, but the fact remains, it's not that I'm not smart enough. No, ignorant doesn't mean dumb, right? Ignorant means unaware. And so I'm, not, I'm definitely smart enough to learn how to cook, my friends. But I've chosen to remain ignorant because I've allowed ignorance to become tolerable in my life about certain things. And if we looked at this from a spiritual perspective, we've, some of us allowed ignorance to be tolerable when it comes to our understanding of, of the Bible. And so we just don't dig into it much and we think, oh, theology, that's for the experts, that's not really for me. And so we, we allow ignorance to remain tolerable. We do this with the Holy Spirit as well, where we don't really go into the deeper things of the Holy Spirit because we allow it to become tolerable because the Holy Spirit, if you really dig too deep and it gets into that charismatic sort of world, and that's a little weird, and there's those people who smile a lot and say, hey, can I pray for you? And I don't, I don't know if I want to be that person. You know what I mean? They don't wear shoes sometimes. I don't know. They, those, those people, like, I'm not, I'm not, we don't know what we feel about that. And so we're a little bit unsure. And so we, 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 we receive ignorance as a tolerable kind of understanding with our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? You know the, st- the statement, with knowledge comes responsibility. You guys know that statement? Sometimes in order to avoid having more responsibility, we avoid getting greater knowledge. And I've been around people who choose to not be informed so they can claim ignorance to not have responsibility for something. Anybody know anybody like that? <laughs> no? Okay. I feel like I'm around people like that. My kids say, I don't, want to fold the- I don't know how to fold the laundry. I remember when they used to say that. I'm like, as if their ignorance lets them off the hook. I had a friend I work with. He never wanted to learn how to use the soundboard. We worked at a church. And he thought, if I can just not learn how to soundboard, I'll never have the responsibility of running it. You know, how, you know how crazy that drives me? It is not okay to allow ignorance to become tolerable. It's not okay. Because what it essentially does is when people who decide to rather not learn something so they won't have the responsibility for it, this is approach to a life that adheres to a philosophy of irresponsibility. Don't let yourself stay in a state of ignorance to avoid responsibility. That's choosing to be a lesser human. And God actually wants you to be full of life. He actually created you in a specific way, specific way and he wants you to be all that you have, he has created you to be. So what if we learn more about his presence? presence? What if you learn more about his Holy Spirit? What if we wanted to Lord the Lord to give us more responsibility? I was thinking about this. It's a weird thought, right? I want more responsibility, God. Give it to me. Responsibility has this really weighty sort of negative tone to it. We usually avoid responsibility, don't we? But let me just ask you. I was thinking about this. Who do I give responsibility to? And better yet, who do you give responsibility to? 
You give people, exactly, you give responsibility to the people you trust. So let me ask you, do you want the Lord to entrust more with you, more to you? And when I think about it that way, I'm like, Lord, I do, I, I want you to entrust things to me. I've actually been praying a prayer recently, and it's just this, Lord, would you put, would you put the burden of revival on my shoulders that I would feel the weight of it? I would feel the weight of it, Lord, that I, I want to be, I want to feel responsible, not solely as a, in one person, but I want to be one of the ones that feels responsible for you to see, to see a move of the Spirit in the city. And here's what I know is I cannot bear that weight alone. I can't do it. But that's what, that's what unlocks my greatest potential is that I have a God who's with me to carry it with me. And so I'm asking you today, like, do you want the Lord to entrust you with more? And if you do, well, my guess is you're going to have to actually step into spaces you've never been, take on more than you've ever taken on, learn more than you've ever learned, because with greater knowledge comes greater responsibility. With greater experience, it unlocks new potential. So, are you guys with me? You feeling this? God wants you to be all you can be, all that good stuff. Are you with me? Okay, 1 Kings chapter 19. That's where we're going to spend today. Um, this story has been helpful to me over the years in learning how to experience more of God's presence. In this chapter, Elijah, uh, great prophet of the Old Testament, has been on the run. He's experienced some amazing moments with God. But here he is in this chapter, and he's totally spent. He's like totally at the end of his rope. All that kind of stuff. Much, much of the nation of Israel, they've already turned their back from the Lord. They are worshiping other gods. And they have vowed to kill Elijah. So Elijah's on the run. And if you know Elijah's story again, amazing, miraculous. Some of the most miraculous stories in Scripture are connected to Elijah. They kind of blow your mind. Like that one time when the birds were feeding him. I don't know if you know that story. I'm always picturing like where the birds like feeding him like they feed their young. I don't know. Just something I think about. <clears throat> Some of you got that visual. Thank you. First Kings 19, verse number three. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Now, if you know the story, he has ran a long, long ways. He's way, way far from where God thought he was, or where he was supposed to be and where God had called him to be. So he's finished in this moment. He, how, many, how, many people, how many people have ever, maybe you know someone, maybe you've been there, where you've had moments when you were just like finished, like I'm just, I'm done. Maybe you've never said what, what, what Elijah says, where he says, take my life, but, but you have nothing left. You just have that moment where, Maybe you're like Elijah in this moment. Like, I just, I kind of want to just stop, Lord. I just want to quit. I'm just done. Now, you got to remember, this is God's prophet. And he's saying, Lord, not only am I done, I'm like, I'm done doing what, you, what you're really calling me to. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way in your own life about life or about even your walk with the Lord. I've seen people that have experienced it. I've had moments where it's been close, but like, People have experienced where they, they're all in with the Lord and then all of a sudden they're just, they just drift and they're just far from him. You ever experienced that? It's, it's, it's hard to see and you, you don't always understand what's going on, but you do understand that 
This is a real thing that people experience, and it's right here in the scripture with one of the greatest figures in the Bible. He's done. Maybe he's thinking, if I just ignore God long enough, he'll go away. I don't know what he's thinking, but he's at the end of his rope. But look what God says. I want to skip down a few verses to verse number nine. So Elijah, he's he's on this mountain. There he went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Great question. He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. So Elijah is not only done, but he feels all alone, which is, again, another thing many of us can relate with. Loneliness is one of the great struggles that people endure and God can feel like a million miles away in those moments. That's why I love the next part of the story. Verse 11. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Goes on to say that this whisper, of course, was the presence of the Lord. And see, in this moment, God knew what this lonely, discouraged Elijah needed. He needed a personal encounter with God. He he understood that God brought his presence before the Lord. But at first, he showed him where he was not. Did he not? He showed him where he was not. He was not in. He was not in the wind. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the fire. And we could go on and on about that. But like many of us, Elijah probably was used to God manifesting himself in the big and the miraculous and the powerful. And he was probably looking for God to show, when he said, my Lord's presence is about to pass by, he was probably looking for those very manifestations. He was looking for something huge. And I think for a lot of us, when I say, hey, God's presence is with us, we're always thinking about what's the, you know, whenever we try to tell stories about what God's doing, it's always got to be the big story. We got to impress people with the things that God is doing. And it's got to be this huge monumental thing. And the huge monumental things are real. Elijah experienced it more than anybody else. But here he is, and it's a complete opposite. He's like, listen, I'm not in all those things all the time. And then this voice comes, the thunder ceased, right? And I believe that churches today, by the way, and maybe this is maybe really representative of culture at large, we look to impress and capture people's attention with versions of wind, earthquakes, and fire. When maybe just possibly most of us just need a simple, gentle whisper. So when the thunder ceased and the lightning was gone and the earth was still and the wind hushed, there was the dead calm. And out of the midst of the silence, there's what the Hebrews call a voice of gentle silence, meaning the silence had become audible. So God with us in this moment isn't the big or powerful worship experience or some dramatic directional moment in life like, hey, you know, 
go east, go west. (laughs) Experiencing God's presence isn't always going to be the big moment. And here's where I think this comes face to face with so many of us when I talk about God's presence maybe the most ignored thing in your life, that it often comes in the small moments and in the whispers and then the times of silence. And we obviously pray boldly for the big miracle and the big breakthrough, and we've been talking about that so much. But God's prophecy, Prompt, excuse me, God's presence is often a case of a lot of littles. It's a lot of little moments that add up to something big. And, and, and years ago, someone shared this with me, that God's presence with me would be about a, a lot of littles. There'd be a lot of little moments that would kind of, kind of lead you into a deeper experience with him. And the theory of a lot of littles can be described really simply like, um, let's just say that I, that I have a snack every day. <laughs> and it's, and I, I choose a chocolate chip cookie, and then I don't just eat one, I eat two, and each chocolate chip cookie is about 200 calories, and 200 calories is no big deal, but if I eat them every day, it's 400 calories a day, that's still not a big deal in the Greek grand scheme of things, but that's 2,800 calories a week, and that's over 145,000 calories a year, and a lot of littles become something very significant. Are you with me? And so what if gentle whispers and small encounters and small things that the Lord wants to do in his presence, what if they were actually about taking you to the big breakthrough, to the big moment. I know some of us have been asking, seeking, and knocking for the big things, and that's good. But make sure you learn to listen in the quiet. Because often what happens when you're trusting him for the big breakthrough, when you're you're saying, he's saying, will you trust me, though, with the little things? We say, hey, hey God, I, I, I need you to give me the answer to my future. And then he whispers something else, though. He whispers, hey, go pray with your wife. And if all I'm looking for the answers to the future, I miss the things that he is saying. If I say, Lord, I need, I need financial provision, and he says, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, go be generous with your time. But, Lord, I need financial breakthrough. <laughs> and I think what happens is we miss the whispers because we're looking for the fire. So what did Elijah do? Well, Elijah, verse, first, verse 13, when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood, before, stood at the mouth of the cave. So immediately Elijah senses this, that God is present in this moment, in this whisper, and, and in a still small voice as a, in a way that he was not previously present in this dramatic phenomenon that had occurred. So he does something, he does something very, very profound here. He puts his cloak over his face, which is a sign of being humbled in his presence. He humbles himself in his presence. He covers his face because he's not worthy of it, right? And do you, and, and I was just thinking about this. Man, here he is. He's humbling himself in the presence of the Lord. And sometimes I, I really struggle. I really struggle with knowing and understanding how to, to be reverent before the Lord, to, be, to humble myself in his presence. Do you humble yourself in his presence? to be willing to get on your knees, to even lay prostrate before the Lord, to bury my face before him. You see, I I think if I understood his presence, that I would understand humility. I wonder if we've made ourselves more the focus of our prayers and our gatherings, looking to receive something rather than looking to humble ourselves before him. Verse 13, then the voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He asked the question again. What are you doing here? We should do a message called that. 
God asked Elijah the same question as he did earlier. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you here? Perhaps, perhaps this is actually the question for you today as well. Um, not like, what are you doing here at OKC Community Church, but what are you doing here in life? Um, maybe God's saying, what are you doing here? You're so far from where you know you're supposed to be. Elijah answers him in verse 14 the same way as he does. I'm not going to read verse 14. The same way as he does before. Lord, I've been running, and you don't understand. Everybody's trying to kill me. Blah, 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 blah. Verse 15. Then the voice said to him, go back the way you came. Then God gives him several instructions. God wants him to go back down the mountain and head back to the world that he was running from. Elijah wasn't done. In fact, God was entrusting him with more. So after this encounter with the Lord's presence, God actually gives him greater responsibility. Elijah must have remembered he wasn't alone because Elijah goes back down the mountain. He goes back. I'm not going to cover the rest of the story. We don't have the time today. But he did the things that God had called him to do, of course, and he went on to carry out his purpose. And, you know, Elijah went up this mountain, terrified, done, finished, spent, ready to quit. He goes down the mountain, empowered, entrusted, encouraged. This is what he does. So let me, I want to summarize this. I I, want to use sort of an image of, uh, of the mountain, right? This picture of of what of where Elijah was Elijah was on this mountain and like I said I summarize this a little bit because I've said a lot of things we were kind of all over the map because I'm just trying to kind of walk through this story a little bit but I'm not sharing today what I believe is the way to experience God's presence and how it always works in our life but I I want to share something I think may help us when we're trying to experience more of his presence. Because I believe that we have a church that wants more of his presence. And that's what I love. Is I'm actually saying, oh, you know, like, have we ignored his presence? Some of us have, but maybe it's not so much ignored. There's a desire, there's a hunger in us. But I think for a lot of us, we have to look at ourselves. Have I, have I allowed ignorance to become tolerable? And so the first thing, if we're just going to look at this bottom here, have I ignored his presence? The Holy Spirit may be one of the most ignored things in your life. Maybe this is true. Maybe this is kind of baseline for you, and you just have to admit it. You have to experience it. And then... What we see in this story, though, in some regards, and what we've seen in maybe even our own stories, is that when we lean in, when we lean in and we don't allow ignorance to become tolerated, when we lean into God's presence, that some work will start to happen in our life. And perhaps it's not about the big manifestations of wind, fire, and, 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 and earthquakes, but it is about a lot of littles. And God's presence isn't always about the miraculous or the big or the powerful, but it's about the little things, consistency, faithful acts, incremental growth, And maybe then it's about making sure we have times of silence and whispers, that we're getting quiet before the Lord and listening and not ignoring the small things that he is saying. That we learn how to humble ourselves in his presence. It's not possible to experience God's presence without reverence. I think I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. It's not possible to experience God's presence. It's, It's not possible to experience God's presence without reverence. And whenever you do this, he'll entrust you with more. With knowledge comes responsibility. God wants to entrust more to you. So you got to think about this. So Elijah goes up the mountain, right? He's discouraged. He's finished. He's empty. He goes down the mountain, and he's encouraged. He's entrusted. He's empowered. This is what God's presence does. This is why the truth that God is with us is so powerful. This is why when Jesus said, the spirit of truth will be with you constantly, that we should pay attention to what it means. So, my friends...
I wonder, I wonder, I wonder where we are in this. Are we ignoring his presence? Are we allowing ignorance to be tolerable? Not intentionally, but have we sought out deeper experience? If you were like, how do I know if I am? Have you been seeking it out? Have you been asking questions? Have you been trying to learn more and experience more? And I wonder if you've been, like me at times, focused on the big or the powerful, asking God to move mountains, but we fail to practice silence to be still and know that he's God, to be looking for the rallying cries more than the gentle whispers. So many of us, that's where we're at. We're like, I'm I'm ready to charge the hill, but we don't even create space. So I wanna encourage something today. And and this may be the strongest encouragement of this whole time is, I wanna encourage you to regularly find time to get quiet with the Lord and actually create the, the discipline, the spiritual habit, the practice of silence. And I'm not actually advocating for prayer, although prayer is part of this. Prayer oftentimes is about talking. It's often about communicating with the Lord. And I believe that that's essential and important, but uh, I'm talking about, you know, not talking. I'm talking about not listening to worship music. I'm talking about not reading and, and consuming information, but I'm actually talking about the spiritual practice of silence in your life to where you would actually create enough space to hear the Lord maybe give you gentle whispers that you weren't ever, ever asking about or seeking in your own life. And when you do that, that you would learn to actually humble yourself in the presence of the Lord, that you would actually learn how to feel natural to get on your knees and pray to him in a way that's like I, I want I want the Lord to be revered by my, by, my, by, my, by my heart that I want to be humbled in his presence you know God has set this whole thing up in order for you to be all you can be you know that right the whole design of all of this God with you it's, it's set up so you can do all you want to do and beyond that like he set the system up he's rigged it for your favor God has set this whole thing up for you to be encouraged and empowered and entrusted with more you see my prayer is that God would actually make this church that he would give us so much responsibility because we have so much we've experienced and learned. That we've had so much that we've encountered the Lord with, that we would have so much that we carry, that we would bear so much witness for him because he trusts us. Are you with me now? I want the Lord to trust this church. I want the Lord to entrust us with mantles of peace and unity in our city. I want this church to entrust us to be the ones to break down barriers of racial divide. I want us to be the church the Lord entrusts with these types of things to to bring and usher in things into our city that truly matter for the kingdom. And you know what? He cannot entrust us when we allow ignorance to become tolerable, when we don't ever get silent, when we don't ever stop the busyness of life, but whenever we say, I wanna be humbled in the presence of God and I want to hear from him 
I want to encounter his presence in such a powerful way that I have to cover my face because it's so real and powerful. So may we become a church who God gives much responsibility to. May you be a person. May we not run from it, but may we run to it. So I want to pray this morning. I want to pray for those that are hungry for more of God's presence. I also want to pray for those who maybe found themselves in other parts of the story. They found themselves discouraged or empty or at the end of the rope or perhaps alone or maybe at that place of what am I even doing here? Uh, there's so many things that are alive in the story that are about the journey of our life, hopefully pursuing an encounter with the Lord. So I'm going to pray with you. So if you'd, uh, we're actually going to do a little different. I'm going to ask you to stand. So if you'd stand, we're going to pray. You can just bow your heads as I'm going to pray over many of us. I want to pray for those, just like the beginning of the story where Elijah was, that are discouraged, that I have sort of at the end of their rope in some ways, that, that, that really do feel even the temptation to quit on some things that they don't know if they should quit on. But if that's where you're at, no one's looking around. I'm not even looking around right now. So I, I'm going to keep my head bowed, and I'm just asking you to acknowledge before the Lord that that's where you're at that I'm discouraged today and to acknowledge it, maybe just a, just a hand raised, but again, no one's looking. Just a hand raised to say, that's where I'm at today. Lord, I just want to pray for my friends that find themselves in a place in life where they are um, needing encouragement. They, they, they need your presence right now. Father, I pray for them if they, um, right now, would even encounter your presence in this moment. The Holy Spirit, you would come. Come, Holy Spirit, right now on those individuals, on those people that need your touch right now, Lord. Would you just come upon them? Would you just, would they feel your presence around them right now, Lord? Would you encourage them with your love? Maybe right now you just receive that. If, if, if you are needing that, just receive it. Just say, Lord, I receive this. I receive your presence today. I receive your encouragement today. I want to pray for those who are um, hungry for more, but uh, whenever I mention silence and whispers, you're going, man, it's been a long time. I'm so busy and I'm so focused and I'm always going that even in my prayers, I plan them or I, 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 I just put, blow through them or whatever. If you're like, I need silence in my life, like, yes, that's speaking to my heart right now. I need to create a practice of silence to hear his whisper. If that's you, just raise your hand. No one's looking around, not even me. No one's looking. Just raise your hand. I need silence in my life. Father, Father, I pray that you would, I just want to ask that, Lord, as we create moments of silence, that, Lord, you would do a work in our soul and in our heart in those times to where we hear you in new ways, that, Lord, we understand how your presence works in new ways. Lord, we want to experience more of you. We want to know more about you, Father. 
And so, Father, I pray that, Lord, you would help us step into these, into these spaces that, Lord, you've instructed us to go. And finally, I want to pray for any of you that, <clears throat> that you have no idea why you're here. <laughs> that question, why are you here, Elijah? And you're going, I don't know. Like right now, I feel lost. I don't know why I am where I am. And I, I desperately want to be able to head back down the mountain, encouraged, empowered, and entrusted with something. If that's where you're at, would you just lift your hand? Lift your hand right now. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just pray for my friends that, that Lord, that's where they're at in life. And they just want to feel not only encouraged and empowered and trusted, but they want, they want purpose for your sake and for your kingdom. And I pray that, Lord, in, these, in, in this season that we're in right now, that, Father, your, the wind of your spirit would blow through this place in such a way that, Father, if it's silence, if it's prayer, if it's worship, if it's, if it's your word, Lord, all those things, Father, just use them to give guidance and direction to my friends that are needing it right now. Lord, we pray these things in your name. And I just want to pray one more prayer. Today, if you want to experience a relationship with Jesus, if you want to quit wandering in life, and you want to, I want to encourage you, you can, today can be the day of your salvation, and all you need to pray right now is say, Jesus, I give you my life. You can just pray that right now wherever you're at. If you're like, I want to, I want to follow God. I want to give God my whole life. I'm done trying to figure this out. I, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Just say this. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. that's your prayer today please please come share that with me before you leave today don't leave without telling me that your prayer is to, that you want to give your life to Jesus today oh father we love you we pray now that as we sing about your presence that father it would just all the more just deepen our desire for more of you father more of you in our life thank you Lord for your presence that's with us that goes before us we pray now that as we spend time in your uh, worshiping you and in prayer with you, that Lord, this time would be yours. In your name we pray, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.